Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters podcast from GP Strategies, your talent transformation partner. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts and explore best practices and innovative insights to help your organization improve performance. Hello and welcome to the Performance Matters podcast. I'm your host, Michael Teal, and I probably shouldn't do this, but at time of recording, we are closing in on Thanksgiving here in the United States. And on that note, I just want to say that I am thankful for all of our loyal listeners out there in the podcast Osphere. It's been an amazing year in terms of the depth and breadth of topics we've covered. And um, yeah, I just want to say thank you for all of our listeners and all of those that have been on our show. And, um, you know, one of the things that we like to do at GP Strategies is give back, give value first. And so in this spirit of Thanksgiving, I want to just recommend that if you haven't been on the gpstrategies.com resource center site, I want to invite you to go there. And I'll, I'll, I'll use a pun here. It's a cornucopia of, <laughs> of value, of blogs. I made our guests break. I am so proud of myself. They're already <laughs> laughing. But for serious, between the podcast library, between the blogs, topics ranging from anything you can imagine, consulting, learning services, technologies, we have some outstanding resources there. So I want to just put that little plug in there. And of course, if you are new to the uh, Performance Matters podcast, I encourage you to give us a follow Post any comments you like on the podcast delivery source of your preference. We we are here for you. You know, we work in a lot of a lot of sectors. I mean, private. Today's spotlight is on the public sector. One of the the biggest challenges out there in any organization, but probably I would say it's nuanced and unique for the public sector is really the art and science of bridging employee engagement and driving impact. And we wanted to talk about that today. And I'm sure you don't want to listen to me talk about it. You actually want thought leaders that are in this world that are operating in there. And that's exactly what we've done for you today. We've brought in three outstanding guests. I am pleased to welcome to the virtual studio, Annie McManus, Director of Culture and Engagement Strategy here at GP Strategies. And incidentally, it is her second time. So she's a two-time medallion award winner here. So Annie, welcome. How are you? Doing well today. How about yourself, Michael? <laughs> uh, I think you can tell I'm doing great. Uh, <laughs> you're not alone, though. We also have Kate Strunk. She is your right-hand partner in crime here. She is project coordinator within the employee engagement practice. Kate, how are you today? Much better now that I've heard the word cornucopia used in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you didn't think it was going to happen, but it did happen. Now, you two have brought along um, one of your favorite clients, um, someone who is a true, true thought leader within the public sector. We are honored to have with us here today, Conrad Fernandez, Organizational Development and Communications Manager for the county of San Mateo, California. Conrad, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great, excited to be here, thank you. Well, we are honored to have all three of you here. And I know we've got a really great conversation in store about the public sector, 
right? About building engagement, driving impact. So why don't we start from a wider angle lens here? And, um, you know, Kate, I know that you are intimately involved within this overall sector. So can you just kickstart us off and share some insights from your perspective on how government structures differ to more corporate environments? Sure. So as compared to the private sector, governmental organizations within the public sector are more decentralized with each division or department having deeper expertise in their area of focus. Their main purpose is to engage in activities that contribute to the welfare of the general public for the region that they support. So when it comes to employees in the public sector, we typically see benefits, job security, retirement package, uh, and therefore we usually see a higher tenure within that public sector. At GP Strategies, we have recently, very recently, seen more government organizations reaching out within the last two to three years for support in measuring and managing their employee engagement. Although with Conrad here, when it comes to our partners with the County of San Mateo, we've been working with Conrad since 2015. Is that right? Conrad, do you want to go into a little bit more from the County of San Mateo side? Yeah, sure. I mean, so feel very lucky that as part of our organization's journey in this space, we started even before 2015. And so it's pretty unheard of in terms of the public sector space to have the resources for this work. So we're very grateful to our county executives and our board who is very supportive of everything employees do. So I think that's the first thing to call out. The second piece, I would just say there are so many different branches of public sector government. So you've got city government, you've got county, you've got districts, you have state and federal. And then I'm sure there's even other branches within that. (laughs) And then within um, just within our region, it's um, the county itself is about 6,500 employees. Most of the 70 percent focuses in the health and human services and the other is around criminal justice. Very broad specters, and, and like Kate said, very specialized. People stay in these fields for years, that's what they do, and a very strong mission alignment to the work. So unlike the private sector where there's bonuses, we don't get all that, but our connection is really to serving the public. And so it's very community-focused. One of the nice things about working in, gov- in local government Again, this is the more localized you are, like city or county, you're really providing direct services to those around you. Once you get to the state and federal level, it's a little bit more removed. So that's one of the other pieces that we see in the county that people feel very connected because we are serving this community we are actually working in. Hmm. So yeah, when when you put that in perspective with the county of San Mateo, it's it's a very large organization. You know, like you said, over sixty five hundred employees in a whole range of different services. So I, I'm sure we've got a lot to talk about in terms of really driving employee engagement and you know maximizing their sense of impact out there. You know, Annie, I was curious on your side, um, since you're operating in this field, you know, when it comes to engagement, you know, what are some of the key trends that you've seen emerge across government and public sectors that we partner with? 
Absolutely. So I do want to preface this with this is, of course, looking at recent data. So do keep in mind what Kate was sharing earlier. Many of this data is coming from organizations that are newer on their journey, really diving deeper in the last two to three years. So when we do see some folks more in the and I guess infancy is what I, I'm kind of leaning towards the infancy of leaning into them, the employee experience, really looking to best support their people, we do see a bit of a different data story when it comes to organizations that we would term best in class, where those highest engagement, you know, highest engaged organizations are, are occurring and organizations that have had a lot of years of experience focusing on this. In general, when we look at our government data that we've collected over the past few years, we typically do see lower engagement within government employees. So typically about 15% less than our best in class. We also do see about 44% lower trust in executive leaders, which given the decentralized nature, they're those folks at the top. I may not even know their names, who they are. We know that that's driven by proximity, regular relationships. So it makes sense that we would see that stat, especially a little bit lower. What is interesting, we do see employees within the public sector about 17% less likely to receive regular specific feedback from their manager and 15% less likely to report feeling recognized for their efforts. And that may hook into some of the things that Conrad was saying, you know, those government employees are not necessarily receiving bonuses or, you know, the real tangible recognition. So we need to kind of look for other ways and we'll, we'll talk about that in terms of providing that recognition for those employees. The other interesting thing we have seen, I've got two more, <laughs> the other interesting things. No, was, this is great. <laughs> We have seen that turnover has risen by about 25% since 2020. So since our pandemic life changed as we know it, about 25% or more turnover within government organizations. So they're about twice as likely to leave as compared to employees within those best in class organizations. And the last thing I do want to call out is that we do see higher scores. So I've talked a lot about lower scores, lower scores, lower scores. We do have some areas of higher scores. So typically for our government employees, we see more connection to mission and purpose. And that's especially important given what Conrad said, that impact to local communities, being able to see those efforts really hit home and hit home very closely many times. And we also see them more likely to think of their work as more than just a job. So more than that transactional element, I'm coming here, I'm checking a box. Of course, at any organization, we're gonna have some folks in that check the box, get out <laughs> mode, but we do especially see more of that connection and really feeling very connected to the organization's mission within government organizations. Yeah. So if I summarize here, what I'm hearing is that really you would say that when it comes to the public sector, this concept of really focusing in on impacting employee engagement is, as you described it, it's a bit in the infancy, right? We're in the early stages in general, right? Is fair to say. I've also heard that with the county of San Mateo that that's not really been the case where you've been actively involved in trying to address this, to maximize, to shine a spotlight on that for quite some time. Is that fair to say, Conrad? That is fair, yes. And part of that is, you know, I think back in around 2013 or 2015, when this work really kicked off in earnest, I think there was that realization that this was the missing component. This was that soft skill that was needed. And I think the pandemic has forced other agencies to now realize that this is a requirement to keep employees and not have much turnover. This work is very critical. It's challenging to always, you know, quantify or qualify. But like I said, I think we're lucky that we've been on this journey for a while because it's all connected. 
ultimately to the services we provide. Yeah, absolutely. When you when you think about that, you know, the stats you just hit are hitting home for me is in general, again, if you just drew a blanket there, you've got 15% less engaged employees that aren't getting the feedback that they need. And, you know, by extension of these large decentralized organizations really don't have that human connection with the leaders in there. And, you know, those are some definite pain points I can see. So my question to the group, and I'll just put this out to everyone is from your perspective, what do employees need today then? And as they go into the future, what are some thoughts? Yeah, and I can kick us off there. I do think one thing is it is important to measure your employee experience, what people are feeling, what they need, and act on that. Uh, We cannot just measure, 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 and expect things to change. We do need to put concise driven efforts around the data we're receiving. And I think really, you know, there are always some cross organization stories that we may have, but many times, especially given the decentralized nature, those needs of employees across different departments or areas of the organization are going to be different. So it's important to understand those local differences, what employees are asking for. You know, for instance, if people are in more of a medical or healthcare space, you might see different needs than within criminal justice. We're going to have different points of connection, different connections with the people we're serving. So it's important to keep those in mind and really do look to act locally. I think in general too, so being able to address, understand engagement, being able to act on possible retention or attrition drivers. Also, we need to make sure we are skilling our people up, AKA upskilling. <laughs> so mm-hmm. making sure that we are not just doing a great job on onboarding, but what does that training and connection look like throughout an employee's tenure? Um, I think many organizations are focused on this in general, but many are doing less specific follow-up. You know, within this certain segment at this tenure point, what do our employees need? How can we provide what they're looking for? More specifically, instead of this general broad brush of training initiatives, a little bit less specific as to the audience. So really knowing your people is important. The other thing I think too is just talking about the differences of our generations in the workforce. Hmm. Um, In some ways, I think the generational story is complete hooey uh, because the youngest generation is always not wanting to work the way we did. And you hear those same (laughs) types of quips out there. But I think one thing we are seeing when it comes to Gen Z entering the workforce, we're not seeing them as, you know, we see them more likely to just think of their work as more as just a job. It is sometimes that transactional element where I can come into work, do what I need to do, do it successfully and leave work at the office. So we are seeing a bit of a different story in terms of that. And I do think the pandemic in general has really changed the way that workers see their relationship with their employers. Being able to still contribute to the organization needs, wanting to be part of that organizational success. But it just looks a bit different nowadays with employees really saying, this is what I need taking those elements of power and ownership with their own work and really articulating their own needs and expecting that in return. I do think Kate and I, as we were prepping, she was telling me an interesting story. So Kate, I would love if you could chime in here and just tell me a bit more about your experience um, working across you know, a few different years and how you've had some different leaders in your life. The one that I always come to when we talk about the generational differences and where we're looking at in terms of those folks who have been in the workforce for a longer amount of time really is the common phrase, which I'm sure everyone has heard, right? Is the leave your baggage at the door. Mm -hmm. I've worked in customer service 
for over a decade, honestly, at this point. And I was told in past employment spaces to truly leave your your emotions, leave your personal life, leave it at the door. When you come through the front door of that office, you are the professional person. And what that meant was textbook professional. I don't have a personality. I, I don't have blue hair. I don't bring my whole <laughs> self work because that's not professional because that's, you know, 20, 30 years ago, that's how it was required to be. And now we're seeing a kind of a drastic shift in that. I, I grew up with a mom who went to a nine to five job every day, right? And she had to answer phones for her job. So she had a customer service voice, you know, the one where you turn on and you sort <laughs> right. of up a little bit taller and you say, thank you for calling so-and-so. This is insert name here. How may I direct your call? That's not your voice. That's not the shout at me voice. If I've done something wrong, that's the perfect <laughs> right? And hey, can you clean your room, please? <laughs> exactly. And we don't have that anymore. We're on camera now and we get to be ourselves. And that's okay because there is a big difference from before into now where professional doesn't mean I'm disrespectful. It means I get to come here and I get to say, hey, Conrad, how was your day? Tell me about your weekend. Let's connect as human beings surviving in this life together. And then we'll be able to better appreciate each other and help move forward with the engagement process. I think that noting those changes and sort of understanding that the people who have been within the same job space for decades upon decades are a huge knowledge of wealth, but the times are changing. Conrad, I'm curious about your perspective on that. You know, you, you're, you're like me, you know, we've been out there for a while. I'm sensing we're maybe both Gen Xers here. So, you know, have you noticed this shift in the public sector as well, this desire to bring your authentic self to the workplace? Yeah, I think it's infancy would be a good way of saying it. Again, for many agencies, I think traditionally public sector was thought of as being very transactional. And you think of the DMV and you think of all of that. And this idea of engagement, like I said, because we've done this for many, going on almost a decade now. We've also had, we talked about upskilling, we've also done these amazing leadership academies for supervisors, for managers. And part of that training is talking about elements like this, which is how to coach employees as a manager, you know, how to have one-on-ones, the importance of that, you know, so we have built, um, we have an amazing training and development team and we've got infrastructure that supported some of the, and many of the teachers in our academies are department heads. So it's a very, Mm. very unique concept. Um, But we've got people speaking the same language and talking about the importance of these components. I teach a class on employee engagement for our management development program. And it's it's a three-hour class. And we talk about the results, but we talk about all these other soft skills that are so critical and that our younger employees are expecting. And I think that's where we see that in the engagement survey, where you trusted leadership, trust my manager. People want that. And the realness, I think, came out during the pandemic. Like I said, we had started this prior to the pandemic. So I think a lot of other public sector agencies that don't have the support, because it takes infrastructure to build this, which is something that's really important. And it really takes your executive 
support as well. One of the other components that I alluded to earlier, we have the um, two pieces of uh, data that I wanted to continue on is our, we have a lot of recognition programs in the county. So we know the importance of that. But one of them is the uh, employees who complete 10, 20, 30, and 40 years um, Mm. are publicly recognized. But what's even more amazing is our elected officials come, the Board of Supervisors will actually come out for that event. And we've got the county executive and people bring their families. And it's just, it's not a long event, but that recognition of thank you for your service. And you hear the stories across the decades and it just makes you feel like, wow. <laughs> county people feeling supported. And and the other the other stat I wanted to give, you know, our uh, turnover numbers have hovered anywhere from 6 to 12%. So very different than what Annie mentioned about 25%. Right, absolutely. So, um, so that that that's kind of telling you a little bit about some of the foundational pieces and almost a month every month there our HR department gets calls from agencies across the country looking to see some of the things we're doing. One of the other programs we have instituted, again, which is very unique in the public sector space, is we have a performance and development program that focuses very much like a corporate ongoing feedback model. We don't do the annual evaluations. Again, now not everyone in the county participates, but it's a very niche program. Again, it's all about ongoing conversations, all about, and one of the pillars is one-on-ones. Another pillar is recognition. Another one is around goals. So we are really moving in a space that's very unique and different because they're all connected, right? I can talk more, but I'll just leave it at that. Well, you know, you're hitting on so many things that are the the bullseyes of employee engagement, right? Of the recognition and how much more impact that has often than getting a little bonus check, you know, just having your family come in and see what mom and dad does. That's the kind of thing you remember later on in life. And then you're also, I think, hitting on one of the the points I just wanted to double back on is this regular and ongoing feedback, right? I think that was one of the things that Annie touched on a little bit earlier on that. So great, great learning points. You know, one of the things I wanted to redirect this conversation is really more on that concept of building that culture of trust. And I, and I see that's kind of what's what's happening here with the county of, of San Mateo. So I'm curious within, from the GP perspective, Annie and Kate, like, do you have any, any information re- regarding the value of cultivating trust, building safety at work, anything like that that you've seen from your practice? Absolutely. So we, and I will say there's a direct correlation. I can say this without having the correlation file in front of me. There is absolutely (laughs) a direct correlation between teams and employees that do feel that sense of trust at work. They're able to have those effective conversations with their leader. And we do absolutely see higher engagement within those employees, lower retention, all the metrics we want to see when those effective relationships are happening. And I think when we're really thinking about how to make this happen, you know, it's almost that, and I think I may have mentioned Maslow's hierarchy last time I was on the show, but we do think about- Say it again, I love Maslow. I know, it's our our man, man. (laughs) So you kind of think about these foundational elements. You know, when I first come into a workforce, I'm getting to know the people on my team. I'm getting to know that leader. I need time to be able to see certain behaviors come to light. But when I am able to bring my full self to work, it's a bit of a safer space when that relationship is 
working well when we have that reciprocity between leader and employee. I think it's really important to understand the power of those relationships. And I think so the fundamental is I can be myself here. I'm supported. I have the the ability to fail safely at work. I can make mistakes. Have that leader see that as a coaching opportunity, not a punitive time in my tenure mm. with the organization. So it does start with small events or small interactions, but over time that trust will develop. We'll really get to know each other as people. And where we do see the levels of highest engagement, lowest turnover, we're seeing really effective relationships. So it goes beyond just creating that trust within a manager. Can I truly show up as my authentic self? Can I bring all of the facets of what makes me me to work? And we know that that's when that works, it works well. There are certain leaders that may be more old school thinking, not as open to those types of relationships. We typically don't see those relationships be as successful. And we know that people can leave and do leave because of their leader. I may not stay for my leader that might, you know, I might have more of connection to my team, the organization, our mission, our purpose. But really, when we see those effective relationships, we're seeing the ability for people to show up as their whole person. And so when we think mm. back to Maslow, that's really going to be that top, top area. I can show up as my whole self, all of the facets of psychological safety. You know, this person sees me as a person. They're, they're aware of my wellness. They're keeping an eye, not from the tracking of the clock of how many hours you worked, but the acknowledgement of, I know you're going through something really difficult at home. Are you okay? Do you have the space that you need? Is there anything we can do? Just those quick touch points of really seeing people as people. Just for a, a personal example, last week, my oh, I'm not going to cry. My 13-year-old dog, we had to put her down. And I've had colleagues reach out saying, I know you mentioned that was coming up. I hope you're doing okay today. I've had people follow up when I got back into work the following day, just checking on me and saying, do you need anything? I had a coworker send flowers to my house, like just for people to be able to show up. And people used to not, the only reason everyone knows my dog is because I've been working from home for three plus years. Aww. Everyone's met her. So everyone has this personal connection, not only to me, but to my dog as well, which is so sweet and meant so much to us. And I just think of I mean, it's a small example, but me showing up, having my dog and talking about what she means to me, people see that, people care. My manager checked in with me, said, I didn't want to bother you on the day because I knew what was going on. But, you know, just sharing positive, good vibes and just sending love my way. If those good behaviors weren't happening and I had to show up to work or power through the day that my dog passed away and just show up anyways, I would be a wreck. I would not be able to show up as the best employee I can to the organization. Those outside things and external factors affect us as employees. And so to ignore them and not lean into that, it's a mistake with leaders. And so I think that the more leaders can do that, can lean into the holistic person, really know the, the members of, of their team, it's all, all for the better. And we see that in the metrics as well. Absolutely. You know, there's something, you know, going back to what Kate said about being able to to come in as yourself and not put on the phone voice, right? And understand that you're a human first, right? You're, you're a human, you need to feel accepted. And, you know, that's going to give you a chance to want to stay with that organization or maybe give the benefit of the doubt to your manager when they slip up because, you know, we all slip up on that end. So Conrad, I'm curious, I, I know with the county of San Mateo, you're on the forefront. What has your organization, your public sector been doing 
regarding furthering wellness for your your county's employees? Yeah, sure. Um, so again, one of the things that we are very fortunate to have, we've had a employee wellness program for over 30 plus years, which I think is pretty unheard of in the public sector. In the private sector too, Conrad. <laughs> Cross the board. That's pretty amazing. This almost beats the internet, right? In terms of <laughs> yeah, length yeah. and duration here. It's, Very impressive. Uh, all of this is really understanding the need to create this holistic experience for our employees. And at a point now with everything that's happening both in the world, but also just coming out of the pandemic, I think wellness has been even more and more important. And I uh, work very closely with our wellness manager on a variety of different activities. We actually have a wellness-related question in our engagement survey. So we are able to kind of pause and take a look and see how that, how that collaboration is working. But having wellness, having the support that people need to take classes, all those things that Annie said, I mean, I think that's what, you know, that's such a sweet story, first of all. Uh, and I'm sorry for your loss, but just having those moments where difficult moments and having your your coworkers, your boss support that is so huge, so huge. And I think there's also a question in the survey about people feeling like they have a good friend at work. And I remember seeing yeah. years ago <clears throat> this idea of having a friend at work or having a confidant at work actually increases your engagement. And so we see routinely a lot of those, those scores are very high. Again, there's we're a large organization, so there are pockets, but there's a lot of best practices where people feel like they have their coworkers are like family. So, but so we for us the wellness journey has been about you know integrating a lot of these components. Whether it's we have activities, we have classes, we have emotional well-being recordings. We even have a wellness dividend. So we have like a lot of different mm. pieces. We also have a very cool idea that was started years ago, a wellness leadership award. People, staff get to write in their managers if they've supported wellness in their organization. And we have a special luncheon where the county executive shows up and people get an award for having shown this level of empathy and compassion and support. Wow. I think it was so important during the pandemic. And actually one of the most proudest moments for me working in the county for 15 years was winning that that award. I mean, again, it's it's more subtle, but it's it's going back to that staff think that your role is important mm. and you were there for them. And so I think that's I think that's where this work is heading. Like we have to think beyond the transactional component. We have to think holistically, how is my employee doing? And, you know, I've done a lot of work in the engagement space and I love the the X model of engagement that, you know, GP Strategies has used for many years because it makes complete sense. It's so simple. But to know the satisfaction drivers of your employees are just the most important thing. If you don't know what somebody needs or how they need that and they work for you, then there's a disconnect. So I think the this the engagement model is just not the data, but it's the story, it's the relationship, and it's that real authentic piece. And I think that's a struggle in the public sector because we didn't always have the space for it. And now agencies are, are having to carve that out. And if it's numbers-based, because everything is numbers-based, sometimes it's like, how do you show this value? But I think, again, because we started this over a decade ago, I think we are starting to see that this work is not done overnight, right? If somebody says, I'll do mm. a survey, I'll just check some boxes and we're all good. To right. Go. It's, it's, it's very nuanced. 
And, you know, it leads directly into the work that we as an organization are doing around DEI, um, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we started that a couple of years ago. And to me, because we have the foundations for wellness and we've had engagement, that's a space where you can build from. Again, it's definitely a journey. So I think my closing point would be it's it's all very holistic. And so all these add together, but you can't, but it all starts with being the authentic leader. This has just been a great conversation regarding number one, your organization, the County of San Mateo, actually knowing that this is something that's important. It's worth investing in because it drives change. And then it's, you know, it's the concept of a, that you've got to measure, but then you've got to act on it, right? The, the measurement's the tip of the iceberg and the hard work is in, installing the programs and the culture to be your authentic self and to support and grow your staff. And it's an amazing thing to, to see that in action here. I just wanted to throw one more component out that I think is also very unique to the work we've done. The county has been working on for quite a while is this concept around talent pipeline. And we have several different internship programs and fellowship programs, and we have started to bring in youth from the community into the agency. And there are many success stories of people who started as interns in the county and have worked 10, 20, 30 years and now are directors in the organization. I think that's also a very interesting point in terms of that connection to community, but also opportunity. And as we look to diversify our workforce, creating pathways for people who historically might not have had an opportunity is also a big part of that. And we have branded recently our county to, in terms of the employment space, to work with purpose. And so I think this kind of connects really nicely back to that. Mm. So I just wanted to leave that because I think we we bring people in and we want them to feel engaged. We re- try to retain them. And then we offer them all these amazing programs so that they continue to serve the community we w- work in. That is amazing. That's That goes back to the, the classic concept of apprenticeships right there. And you're giving individuals a, a chance to get into the, the public sector and feel like you said, with the work with purpose. And that's amazing and, and very inspiring. Listen, we know it's almost Thanksgiving here. You all have been so generous with your time. Uh, I want to just open the forum here as we close for any final thoughts. So Annie, Kate, anything that you two would like to share regarding today's topic? I think for me, the main takeaways that I just want to make sure everyone heard is measurement alone doesn't change things. Local action, really concentrated focus on what our employees need and having that local approach is so very important, especially within more decentralized organizations. And the other thing for me is just really looking to see our employees as their holistic selves and everything that they can bring and that they can give to the organization. The more we can tap into that, the more we do open people up for excitement around work again. That's great. How about you, Kate? Any any closing thoughts here? So Conrad doesn't know this, but every meeting that I have that doesn't have Conrad on it, I talk about how the County of San Mateo is so amazing and gave us these tiny little cards. And they're, I think, um, old school Cracker Jack box has the tiny pop open card on the inside of it as your treat. Yes. And so for every client call, I end it to support employee engagement by cracking open one of these little cards and talking about how my client 
who I love to pieces, has no idea that I strive for gold stars. I am somebody who wants to just be told, I heard you, I see you, and you're awesome. And I'll continue to work for that. <laughs> and these little cards, they're adorable. Oh. They say, you're awesome on the outside. And then you peel the little inside. And it has different quotes. And today's ending quote, Conrad, is, if you could only sense how important you are to the lives of those you meet. Oh, I love that. That's how I end all of the calls that I'm on. That is, I, I'm kind of choking back tears here. So I. The backup one said, be weird, be random, be who you are. Perfect connection. <laughs> You're welcome. I love it. Well, listen, I, I just want to say what a pleasure it has been. This is, I know, a short week for, for us, but I just want to say you've you've made this a, a great day already. It's it's been an awesome conversation. Conrad, thank you so much for giving and and sharing what the county of San Mateo is doing and just honored and thankful for Kate and Annie uh representing GP so well. So on behalf of our listeners, thank you so much, everyone. We appreciate you. The Performance Matters podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts or listen on our website at gpstrategies.com.